me. Because the night is coming, the day is coming when no man can work. Hallelujah. Uh, it's not because of how skillful I am or how great I can do an exposition to the topic, but I know it, it has been orchestrated by divinity that today I share the word of God. Amen. Shall we say a word of prayer? Um, Spirit divine, think through my mind, O God. Minister through my lips, O God. Let it be none of me, but all of you, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So today's sermon is titled, An Active Soldier in the Army of the Lord. Amen. An Active Soldier in the Army of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the scripture often used the military as a metaphor for the Christian life. So therefore, if you understand the military, um, you better understand the principle being taught about the Christian life. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I've not been in the military before, but I know that if you enlist in the military, you have to sign a contract, okay, that you are going to abide by the rules and regulations of the military. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, they have a strictly code of conduct that if you fail to do so, there are going to be consequences. Hallelujah. Um, shall we um, read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. The Bible says that join, me, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. Hallelujah. But rather tries to please his commanding officer. Hallelujah. Yeah, so we are going to go through this passage. In this passage, you are going to discover about three or four characteristics of a good soldier. Hallelujah. So the first characteristic of a good soldier from the passage that we just read, the first sorry, characteristic is that you must therefore endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So the first one is you have to endure hardship. Hallelujah. You know, if you are a soldier or if you want to go to the military, you have to Train, once you enlist or before they pick you, you need to go through training. And training is a special part of whether you are going to succeed at the battlefield. It's prior to you even going to the battlefield, the training that you do, you know, it determines whether you are going to win the battle or not. Hallelujah. Amen. So your hardship, the hardship that you go to, it, it begins, it begins even before you go to the battlefield. Hallelujah. You know, so just they train so hard, they train so hard, and they willfully submit to the hard training because they know that their lives depend on the training. Hallelujah. So how hard they train is very important because they know that that would determine whether they are going to succeed or perish at the battlefield. Hallelujah. So, you know, they have to give up their comfort, the comfort of their lives. They have to leave their families. They have to leave their wives. They have to leave the food that they like eating okay, to join, you know, to go to the battlefield. Hallelujah. So as a Christian, as a Christian, to train for spiritual warfare, it requires commitment. It requires focus and sacrifice. Hallelujah. So when things don't go your way and when things are so hard, you don't have to give up. You don't have to back up. But you need to endure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that if you fall seven times, you got to rise up seven times. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. So as a good soldier, a good soldier doesn't quit. You don't quit because, you know, the, difficult, the situation is difficult or it's dangerous. Hallelujah. You have to endure hardship. Hallelujah. You know, many people make commitments without us even fully understanding the implications. You know, when we are in the middle of something and it's not going our way, we decide to quit. But a good soldier has no option of quitting. Hallelujah. So, um, you know, as a soldier of Christ, you know, Satan will bring a, lo- a whole lot of roadblocks, right, and initiate rejections and pro- even provide helpful, uh, helpful difficulties. Hallelujah. That is when spiritual warfare will intensify and greater hardships may even fall on you. But as Apostle Paul says, you have to endure and pre- take it like what? A soldier. Hallelujah. You don't have to give up, but just say, I am a good soldier. I am an active soldier. So I will endure. I will persevere. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. But enduring requires you to be focused. You have to be committed and you have to be disciplined. Right? So when you come, when you experience victory in Jesus Christ, you know, you are able to, you are able to overcome certain challenges in life because you pressed on in faith. Hallelujah. Amen. You pressed on in faith. Do you know that feeling when you go through a situation and then you, ma- you emerge out of it successfully? Okay, have you had that feeling before? Mm-hmm. So let's go further to read 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. You know, the Bible says that if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. Hallelujah. So we don't have to, we don't have to take side. We, I mean, we don't have to be on both sides. We don't have to be in the dark kingdom, or we don't have to. Either you are with the dark kingdom, or either you are with the light kingdom. Hallelujah. Because if you, if you leave God, he's also going to desert you. Hallelujah. It's like you going to the battlefield, and then the commander or the general giving you instructions and you decide to do whatever that you want to do, at the end of the day, you are going to get killed. But that is not what we want. That should not be our portion as believers. Amen. So uh, from the scripture here, Paul says that if we endure to the end, Christ will reign with us. And we will win the victory, right? But if we disown him, if we deny him, if we switch sides to the camp of the devil, then he will also disown us. So let us read something interesting um, about enduring in verse 10, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10. And so Apostle Paul says, and I quote, Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Hallelujah. So do you understand the purpose of this verse? Why is Paul enduring? He says, for the sake of the elect. For the sake of the elect. And who are the elect? The elect are the saints, the people of God. Hallelujah. The elect, they are us, they are you. Hallelujah. So yes, we need to endure to obtain spiritual victory in our lives. But also by enduring to the end, enduring to the end, it might have effect on others. Hallelujah. So not only you are going to benefit, others are also going to benefit. Hallelujah. So your ministry should also include the ministry of others, what I call the ministry of others. 
It shouldn't be about you alone. Okay, it should be about others as well. And the moment you think about others, the moment you put somebody's or other people's plight as your plight, that, that moment your blessing comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It shouldn't be about your parochial interest. Hallelujah. Okay, think about others. That's what I call the ministry of others. Amen. So when you endure as a good soldier, when you endure as a good soldier of Christ, you bring salvation to others, right? You bring salvation to others. And this is a very sobering thought that makes enduring so much important. Hallelujah. About others, the ministry of others. So going forward, what I want you to think about is do not think about yourself alone. If you think about yourself alone, in economics, there's something called the invisible hand. The invisible hand means that you do something alone and then you benefit alone. Hallelujah. But you need to do it for the benefit of the whole economy. Hallelujah. So it should be also about others. Amen. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. The next characteristic of a good soldier it says that a good soldier does not entangle himself with the affairs of this life. He said, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Hallelujah. Your goal is to preach Christ. Hallelujah. Your goal is to preach Christ because he's the one who enlisted you. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, hallelujah, the moment you accept him, the moment you accept that call, you get enlisted into the military. Hallelujah. Amen. But whether you are going to be an active soldier is also a different topic. Hallelujah. So let, let, let us understand what entangle means. It means that to become involved, to get mixed up in something, or to tie oneself up with something. Hallelujah. So the main focus of a good soldier is warfare and nothing else. It's warfare. You don't have to get yourself entangled in anything. Imagine you are a soldier going to the battlefield, and then you ask yourself, what am I going to take for breakfast? What am I going to wear to church? At the end of the day, what is going to happen to you? You are going to get killed. So as Christians, the enemy will use a lot of distractions you know, today to make us think of anything except the battle. Your focus should be about the battle and nothing else. It should be free of any entanglement. Hallelujah. So he brings so many things in our life so that we lose our main focus, which is the battle. We fail, and at the end of the day, we get killed. But I pray that that should not be our focus or that should be not our portion as believers. Amen. So Colossians 3, 2 says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, not on anything, but on things above. Hallelujah. You know, one French theologian called John Calvin, and he says, the condition of the military discipline is such that as soon as a soldier has enrolled himself under a general, he leaves his house and all his affairs and thinks of nothing but war. Likewise, in order to be a good soldier of Christ, fully devoted you must be free from all the entanglement of this world. Hallelujah. 
You know, sometimes as Christians, we make certain life decisions, you know, without thinking about how it would affect our work with God. We become entangled in certain things. That makes it too hard even to give our best. It could be our job. It could be your job. It could be even the music that you listen to, hallelujah. It could be a hobby. It could be anything. It could be anything good or bad. That is your entanglement. In your side, that good thing, it may be a good thing in your side, but it may be an entanglement, hallelujah. So as a soldier of Christ, you must refuse to allow all earthly things okay, to interfere with fulfilling the lost heavenly priorities. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So do not let sin. It could be sinful thing or it could be non-sinful thing. We can entangle you. Hallelujah. That could be your entanglement. But as a soldier in the army of Christ, you can't do just what everyone else does. Right? You can't live your life like an unbeliever. You can't live your life like a pagan. You can't live your life like an atheist. You should be guided by the word of God. Hallelujah. You know, when others are going to the club and when others are drinking, boozing, and doing all sorts of ungodly things, sinful things, you don't have to entangle yourself in those things. But if rather your duty is incumbent upon you to pull them closer to Christ. Amen. So um, let us read 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, 4b. That brings us to our third characteristic of a good soldier. A good soldier lives to please Christ. Hallelujah. A good soldier lives to please, to please Christ. Hallelujah. Your main focus is to please the general who is taking you to the war. Imagine you are in the U.S. military and then you are taken to war and then you don't adhere to the instructions of the general. What is going to happen to you? You are going to get killed. You are going to get killed. So when soldiers go to war, you know, they wear uniforms. They wear uniforms, and in those uniforms are embroidered the flag of the country that they represent. Hallelujah. And that flag signifies what? That you owe allegiance to the United States, or you owe allegiance to the country that you are representing. And no matter what, you will do what the general tells you to do. Hallelujah. So as a Christian, our deepest desire is to please the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's the commander-in-chief. He's a commander-in-chief. He's a general of all generals. Hallelujah. He's a captain, and he's our savior. His sacrifice, his submission, is all to the one who did what, who enlisted him as a believer or as an active soldier. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So 2 Corinthians uh, 5, verse 15, he says that he died for all, that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Hallelujah. So there's kind of a reciprocation here. Christ has come to die for you, right? He has come to die for you. So it's your turn also to replicate or to reciprocate what he has done. Hallelujah. So he came to die on the cross. You have to please him. You don't have to let the death or the crucifixion be in vain. There is a purpose. He has done his portion. And it's time for you to do your part. Hallelujah. So as we read in Galatians 5.15, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live. 
but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Hallelujah. As a soldier in the army of Christ, our greatest hope is to be rewarded for our loyal service. And hear the master say, and hear the master say, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. You know, soldiers who go to war, especially the U.S. Army, when they go to war and they are able to fight with distinction, they are able to defeat the devil, I mean the enemy at the battlefield. When they come back, what do, what do they go through? The portraits, the president of the United States does what? He recognizes them. They receive medals. They receive medals. So as active soldiers in the Lord, we need to live our lives so that they please God. Hallelujah. Not living life that simply, uh, simply because the people around us are also living the same life. Our focus must be to please God. Not man or ourselves. You know, we all have funny ideas on what kind of lives that people should be leading. But that shouldn't be your concern. Live your life to please God. Do not please others. Set your mind on God. Hallelujah. It shouldn't be about somebody else's life. Okay? Instead of you spending time to talk about somebody, instead of you spending time to do things which will not even bring life to you, what do you have to do? You have to focus on him. You have to focus on him. Hallelujah. So that's why Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, says that we should be working our own salvation with fear and trembling. It shouldn't be about somebody. You don't have to spend time talking about somebody, spending time doing things uh, which uh, are non-spiritual. Hallelujah. Think about yourself. Think about your salvation. Because at the end of the day, when he appears in his glory, you are going to give an account of what you did. Hallelujah. So in one way or the other, each and every one of us, you know, uh, we are trying to please someone. It's part of human nature, right? It, it could be your boss. Uh, it could be your spouse. It could be your children, your neighbors, your friends. But in doing that, whatever that you are doing, do it to please God. Hallelujah. Do it to please God. As a soldier, you don't have to live always trying to win the approval of others. Hmm? You don't have to win the approval of others. We are here to serve in the army of Christ. He's the only one who we should be accountable to and nothing else. You know, it's natural to worry about how others th think about you and be influenced by them especially in school and even among friends. So that can lead you in behaving a certain way, which you are not even supposed to behave. You know, I remember as a young boy in high school and even in the university in Ghana, KNUST, you know, people were doing all sorts of things, you know, chasing women, you know, um, engaging in occultism, drinking. But I asked myself that if I engage in these things, uh, would it please God? Would it please God? So my main focus was this scripture. It says, Proverbs 4, 25, 27. It says that, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before 
you. Hallelujah. Give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right and do not turn to the left. But you have to do what? You have to face forward. You have to press forward. Hallelujah. Amen. So this brings us to our fourth characteristic of a good soldier. A good soldier should engage in warfare. A good soldier should engage in warfare. You know, after going through all this training, after enduring the hardship, after pleasing God, you know, after disentangling yourself from all the affairs of the civilian, so what good would it be to you if you do all these things and you don't engage in warfare? That's cost 90. It's of no use. So the next thing that you have to do, the next thing that you have to do as an Arctic soldier is to get into battle. Hallelujah. You have to fight a good fight of faith every single day. Every single day. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. So as Christians, we are in a spiritual battle. That is why you always have to war. Hallelujah. You know, once a person says the Savior's cause, I said, once you get enlisted as a soldier, you have chosen to walk the narrow path, the rugged path, which is full of obstacles. It's very steep and very turny. But the Christian does not need to look at the challenges. You have to press on. The Christian knows that the saints have trod on that path before. That should be your, your inspiration, that somebody, a saint has done that before. So therefore, onward you go. You dare not look behind, hallelujah. So as a Christian, in order for you to make an advancement, you must fight every single day. You must fight day by day, hour by hour, every inch by inch. And every inch requires a struggle. It requires a struggle. Paul says in Ephesians 6, 12, he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers of the dark kingdom, super beings, people without bodies. Hallelujah. So if you are going to win a war or a spiritual warfare as an active soldier in the army, what do you have to do? That's a question that you need to ask yourself. What do you need to do if you are going to win the war? So there are three things that you need to know or you need to ask yourself, three questions that you need to ask yourself as a soldier, that if I have to win a war, what should I do? Number one, you have to ask yourself, who is your enemy? Who is the enemy? Who is the enemy? Number two, where is the battle? Where is the battle? And what are your weapons? What are your weapons? So who is the enemy? Who is the battle? I mean, who, where is the battle? And then what are your weapons for the battle? What are your weapons for the battle? So let's look at who is your enemy. You know, the Bible talks about two kingdoms. The Bible has drawn a fine line between two kingdoms, which is the kingdom of light and then the kingdom of darkness. So as a soldier, as a soldier, you, you have to choose side. You cannot be at both ends of the pole. Either you are with us or you are with them. An active soldier can never be lukewarm 
you can never be lukewarm. But thank God that we have been delivered from all the authorities that rule the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. And we now belong to Jesus, the kingdom of light. You know, since the rebellion of Satan and about one third of the angels in heaven, you know, the world has always been in combat. We've always been in combat. We've always been in warfare against demonic forces. Hallelujah. Because they were thrown into the air. Satan was thrown into the air. That's what the Bible says in Revelation, that he is the prince of the air. He has no legal authority. He has no jurisdiction to be in the earth realm. So Satan was true by God because he wanted to overthrow God in his kingdom. So Satan has no place to go. He is now stuck. The earth realm is for mankind. We have dominion here. We have jurisdictional authority here. And so for you to battle the devil, though you have jurisdiction in the earth realm, the devil is a spirit. And for you to be engaged in warfare with the devil, what do you need to do? You need to be spiritual, hallelujah. You need to be spiritual. So number one, who is your enemy? Your enemy is what? Is the devil, is Satan, hallelujah. So we, as human beings, as I said, we don't have dominion, we don't have jurisdictional authority in the earth realm. And Satan and his army are also operating here illegally. They are operating here illegally. But we have to understand that we are dealing with an unseen person, okay? We are dealing with a person without body. We are dealing with a super being, hallelujah. So if you read Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, you know, the Bible, you realize that we are dealing with a man who intends to persecute the saints of God and also change the laws, change the laws of the earth. He cannot legislate a law here because he does not belong to the earth realm. He has no jurisdiction, but he wants to persecute us and he wants to change the laws and he wants to kill us. Hallelujah. But although, you know, the Bible talks about the fact that we have won the victory over Satan. We have won the victory over Satan and his cause. There is still war, right? You have won the war, but then over Satan, but there's still war waging over your soul. And you need to know that you are dealing with the devil. So you have to be empowered every time. You have to be empowered every time to be on the side of victory. Hallelujah. Amen. So the second question is, where is the battle? Where is the battle going to happen? You know, when an ordinary person thinks about battle or warfare, we, we always tend to have images of war-torn places like Su Sudan, Iraq, Afghanistan. And hardly do we even or really do we think that the mind is the battlefield. Hallelujah. So as a believer, or as a soldier in the army of the Lord, as a soldier in the army of the Lord, your battlefield is not in Afghanistan, it's not in Iraq, it's in your mind, hallelujah. You know, the, the most precious commodity in this earth realm is the mind. That is where the action is. That is where everything happens. Either you win or you lose, it's gonna start from the mind, hallelujah. And not only is God vying for your mind, but the enemy is also vying for your mind. Hallelujah. So, let's look at the story of the prodigal son. 
in Luke 15, 11 to 13. And this is a very compelling story that shows how the enemy works against us through our thoughts. We see the God of, we see how the God of this world, you know, seduce a foolish boy, you know, an uninformed young boy, you know, to waste his talent, to waste his experience, to waste his anointing hmm, to, and his inheritance. He asked his father to divide his possessions, give him his portion, and then depart from home. You know, the fact that he demanded his inheritance before time and squandered it foolishly hmm, tells us that something or someone got into his thoughts, hmm, got into his mind, telling him lies about what he deserved and not to wait for the appointed time. Hallelujah. You know, that stands to reason that the spiritual warfare in its purest form is the counsel of the human mind by a spirit other than the spirit of God. Hallelujah. So when Satan comes to you, he doesn't come to you in the third person. He comes to you in the first person, and then he puts his thought, he, he internalizes his thoughts through you, and then you are made to say, I. But really, you are not the one. It's not you. It's Satan. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6, 12, it says, we wrestle not against blood and flesh. The battle that we face as spiritual soldiers of the Lord is not against bread and wine. It's not against food and drinks. It's not against food and drinks. But it's about the enemy using our mind to secure our consent, to set up strongholds. And each enticement that the enemy gains, that he gains more ground in the battlefield. Hallelujah. So the other question is, what are your weapons as an active soldier in the army of the Lord? So as an active soldier in the army of the Lord, you are dealing with supernatural powers. You are dealing with super beings. So you don't need an ICBM. You don't need an intercontinental ballistic missile to defeat the devil. You don't need missiles. You don't need fighter jets. As a Christian, prayer is your intercontinental ballistic missile. Hallelujah. So the kingdom of darkness, we know is very well equipped and very ready to fight any battle. And then they want to win by all means at any opportunity at their disposal. But you need to understand that you are in a battle with an organized uh, protocol where they have a chain of command. Hallelujah. So the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12 that we wrestle against powers and principalities. Emphasis on the powers and principalities. You know, principality comes from the Greek word achomai, which literally means that first in rank and order. Principalities derive their powers directly from Satan, and, and they are the highest ranking entities in Satan's army. Right? They are so purpose specific, and they affect us at the macro level, at the national level. Hallelujah. And when we talk about power, the Greek word for power is exousia, which means delegated authority. Right, so these powers are demonic spirits. They derive their authority and power from principalities. They affect us in our homes, in our marriage, you know, in our family, in our education, and in the church. Hallelujah. But you as a Christian, what do you have to overcome these weapons? What do you need to do to overcome? All that you need to do is to pray. If Jesus had not prayed in the wilderness, what would have happened to him? 
if Jesus had not prayed, and if he had said, I am the Elohim, I have the powers, I am the Elion, Satan would have defeated him. So if you read Luke 2, 22, verse 44, the Bible says that, and being in agony, and being in agony, he prayed so earnestly, and his sweat, his sweat was as it were, drops of blood falling down to the ground. Hallelujah. So if the master, if the army general, if the chief of army staff, if he prayed, why do you then not pray as his follower? Who do you think you are not to pray? Hallelujah. So let me use your phone as an example. If your phone is not charged, if it's not connected to power, if it's not connected to the source, or if it's connected to the source, you are able to undertake multi-million dollar transactions, you are able to get informed about what is happening in the other parts of the world. But if the phone has no power, if it's not charged, it becomes useless, it's of no use. So like the cell phone, if our lives are disconnected from the power source and not charged daily, we are rendered impotent and useless at the battlefield. Hallelujah. We can only emerge victorious at the battlefield when we are fed with intelligence from what I call the Spiritual Intelligence Agency, the SIA. We need to have constant engagement and constant communication from the headquarters through prayer. Hallelujah. So your victory as a Christian soldier is dependent on your connection to the Most High, who is our source. Prayer is the breath of the believer. Hallelujah. Prayer is the petrol, is the gasoline that runs our engine. Hallelujah. So there was a, a firebrand preacher in the 16th century by the name of John Knox. You know, John Knox was a Scottish, and he was very powerful, a prayer warrior. And at the same time, the Queen of Scotland was called Queen Mary. She took delight in persecuting Christians and killing Christians, so she earned the name Bloody Mary. But listen to what Mary said, Queen Mary said. She said, I fear nothing, not even the armies of the entire European continent combined, but the prayers of John Knox. Hallelujah. But the prayers of John Knox. And so John Knox prayed to God, and he said, Lord, give me Scotland. Lord, give me Scotland, or I die. So in our days, are we ready to die for others? Are we ready to live for others? Are we ready to pray this selfless prayer? Are you ready to pray like never before? So how many times do you pray a day? You know, the Muslims pray five times a day. The Jews pray three times a day. The Jews and the Muslims, they pray at any time, whether they are happy or not, whether they are under attack, whether they are rich, or whether they are broke, hallelujah. Smith Wigglesworth in his day says, he said, I don't pray more than 20 minutes at a time, but I don't go more than 20 minutes without praying. I don't go more than 20 minutes without praying. But the number of times that we pray as believers doesn't really matter. But it's about making prayer our lifestyle. Hallelujah. You have to pray at all times. You have to pray at all times. That is why the Bible says that pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. When prayer becomes a lifestyle, you know, we are able to navigate the troubles of our times because prayer is a necessity. It's a necessity, necessity for survival. Hallelujah. It's the only thing that can maintain our daily victory. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide, shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. 
But the secret place of the Most High is a place of prayer. Hallelujah. Is a, a place of prayer. It's my prayer that we become sensitive of the times and seasons that we are in and go back to the place of prayer. You know, many of us have come that far, but we have forgotten how we started. We will be obedient this morning and go back to the place of prayer as soldiers. So this morning, it's my prayer that divinity reveals all the rules of engagement. As you battle in warfare with the devil, I pray that you may embody all the characteristics of an active soldier in God's army. And may you be aware of the enemy, who the enemy is, where the battleground is, and the weapons needed to surmount the evil one. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Shall we rise up? From victory on to victory. Yeah.